Well, may I speak in the words of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please do be seated. I recently came across a story from the First World War, a hundred years ago today. The Prince of Wales, who later became King Edward VIII, was visiting a military hospital not far from here in Hamwell in Middlesex. The matron took him through the wards one by one. At the end of the tour, the prince said, I was told that there were nine wards in this hospital and you've only taken me to eight. The matron blushed and said, that's very observant of you, sir. There is in fact one more room, but the soldier there is so hideously wounded that we wanted to spare you. Edward insisted on seeing him. Most of the man's face had been blown off. The prince was silent for a few moments, and then he knelt by the bedside and whispered, Thank you, oh thank you, for being wounded for me. Thank you, oh thank you, for being wounded for me. In many a conflict around the world, heroic men and women have given their lives for battles that are just and vital, as well as, sadly, many others in senseless slaughters. Plenty who have given their lives have not felt themselves to be heroic, but caught in duty or the tides of history have not stepped back when told that their country needed them. Others have been victims of warmongering warriors, distant despots and pontificating politicians, losing homes, families, health, wealth and their very lives. Two years ago, I journeyed through the troubled region of Lebanon to see a primary school cobbled together in what used to be three small flats. Each room had makeshift desks, poor supplies, and a ready flock of Syrian refugee children, eager to learn from their charity worker teachers. Back in the UK, my own daughter raised money for those children as at her well-equipped school and hung a refugee's welcome sign outside our house. I watched the BBC video, as you probably did, of their hometown of Aleppo being razed to the ground. Millions and millions of Syrians are displaced today. But conflict in our world is not confined to warfare. In the past few weeks, a steady stream of hashtag MeToo has infiltrated our social media feeds, news channels, and papers. In every walk of life, none accepted. Men and women have been telling of conflict they too have faced and held on to silently, often for decades. Sparked by the confrontation of Harvey Weinstein by Alicia Milano, the tsunami of protest has begun like a metaphorical hurricane begun by a butterfly flapping its wings in a far-off land. Conflict is close at home. All can be victims. And obviously all can be perpetrators of harm. The Me Too hashtag does exactly what it says. It says, I too have been hurt by someone who felt they were more powerful than me and could use me as they so desired. And possibly I too may have been someone who's hurt other people. I don't know if you've seen the new Burger King video on bullying. It shows the effects of bullying on a young man and how few people will intervene. Filmed in one of their restaurants with actors interacting with an unsuspecting public, it shows how 85% of people were unwilling to intervene to help someone in need, whilst preferring their own safety and comfort to standing up for someone else in obvious distress. And then the Burger King restaurant served them some carefully damaged burgers 
uh, which they call bullied burgers. And 95% of people got up and loudly screamed and objected about their three-pound burger when they wouldn't intervene for the life of a teenager. If it impacts us, the video suggests, we will shout and scream. But to save a good person in distress, who will bother? The video finishes by telling us that one in three schoolchildren get bullied at some point. One in three of us have been hurt in that way. Have two out of three of us hurt other people? Today on Remembrance Sunday, we have to ask, who will stand up for the kid in the playground no one else wants to talk to today? We have to ask if we are bothered by over a million Me Too tweets in 85 countries recounting stories from badgering to butchering. We have to ask if Paddington Bear was the last refugee truly welcome on our shores. Often our desire is to flee and not fight, to bury our head in an online universe and pretend that everything's okay, to ignore the bullied kid and walk on by, to be, as Simon and Garfunkel said, the hammer and not the nail. Our desire is that our needs get met as soon as possible and now. But maybe you've seen the films where desires go unchecked, Fatal attractions that lead to unpleasant scenes with dead rabbits. Boys on an island killing each other with nothing to check their evil desire to be the lord of all the other flies. Our reading today introduces a subversive thought. What if we could say no to those desires that make us cowards at best and creeps or cretins at worst? After all, Most of us deep down have got an even deeper desire. It's a desire that's more than just getting our own way, more than exerting our right to choose, more uh, more than exerting our right to be chosen and to do whatever we feel like when we feel like it. Most of us feel deep down a desire to be known, fully known, and still loved with our warts and all. But how can we be loved? How can I be loved when so many have been bullied and maybe we have bullied too? How can we be loved when we've watched idly from the sidelines at the 13 reasons why some schoolchild might give up on their life? How can we be loved when so many people have been hurt and we either want to shout me too or I did it too or I watched it too or I didn't stop it too? How can we be loved when there's a world at our doorsteps which is falling apart for millions of our fellow men, women and children drowning in the very sea that we fly on a bargain airline to sun ourselves beside in the summer months? How can we be loved when we've done so little to deserve it and perhaps have got so much to blame? The big questions, aren't they? Sometimes I I sit here in this room on a Tuesday or a Friday morning or walk in on a Wednesday. The space where you're sitting now in those times is a buggy park, a bouncy castle, a soft play zone, a children's paradise with a busy city of small pushchairs. I look around at the parents and the grandparents with their kids. Some of the kids are adorable, but some of them, in honesty, have had better days. Some of the carers look plain worn out. But by and large, almost without exception, you can tell that they love those children. Those carers are as imperfect as you or I are. 
We desire to be loved like we feel we should have been loved. And maybe if we are really lucky, actually were loved as a baby. Psychologists will tell us that we desire a mum or a dad figure to come up to us and say, yep, I sure am proud of you. You're really special. You're loved. You're my boy. You're my little girl. We need that. Psychologists will tell us that we're messed up if we don't get that. But how can we be fully known as an adult and still loved like a hopeful parent loves an innocent infant? Well, this passage says we can. It says in one translation, if with the help of God's spirit you say no to your desires, you're led by the spirit of God. People who are led by the spirit of God are called God's children. God's spirit doesn't make them trapped or slaves who are afraid of their heavenly dad. Instead, we become his children, and we can call God our father, our daddy. God's spirit makes us sure that we are God's children. The Holy Spirit of God helps us to say no to those desires that actually make us slaves and don't make us free. The father in heaven becomes our dad, giving us all the affirmation we ever wanted or needed. But why is it that we can have all that freedom and fearless access to the best dads who could ever know us? And that's because of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And it takes us back to our opening story a hundred years ago, when a young British prince knelt at at the bed of a soldier who had been desperately wounded and said, thank you, oh thank you for taking my place. Today, we too are invited to kneel at a cross that was the deathbed of a 33-year-old warrior called Jesus of Nazareth. He came and died before his time, but he died in such a way that he dealt with the sting of death for all people, for all time, everywhere. On a bloody cross not far from that refugee school in Lebanon, our Savior hung and died, and died not only his death, but yours and mine again and again, until all our guilty deaths had been dealt with. Every Me Too hashtag moment, every refugee ignored, every bit of bullying done, every blind eye turned to the pain we have caused was drunk up by him in agony on Calvary's tree. He who had no sin became sin on the cross. And when he'd suffered long enough, when he'd drunk in your sin and mine, in the greatest spiritual battle ever won, he shouted, it's done. It's finished. I've won the battle. I've come to win. And he breathed his last, age 33, for you and for me. And now we can kneel at his side and say, what a battle you've won. Because of you, I can be free. Because of you, I am free. Because of you, I have a new father in heaven. I have been adopted. I have a dad. Because of you, I'm loved, accepted, and secure. Because of you, I lay down my base desires and find my deeper desires are fully met. It's all because of you, Lord Jesus Christ. As we close, in 2017, the Western world has become a little more aware of where we're heading when we let our desires run their natural course. And we've not been that excited by the consequences. But in 2017, the same invitation rings out that's rung out for 2,000 years. 
It's an invitation that countless people have given their lives to make sure we can hear today in freedom and in hope. It's a knock on the door of a heart. And the knock simply says, I can help you. Will you let me in today? The knock of a soldier who loved you so much that he laid down his life for you. That you might have the freedom and life that he paid for you to be delivered into. Let us pray together. Father, in a world of pain, where we know the pain runs right into our hearts as well, we pray for your healing today and for all in this land to know that they have a Father who loves them and cares for them, a Heavenly Father who would do anything to win us back whatever the cost in battle. And help us today as we remember those who have fallen for us to know that we are loved and treasured because of what so many have done for us too. In Jesus' name.